0: Snark production. Two colourful, loopy, fruity rings of deliciousness on the nutritional ladder of healthy living. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Matt, I'll
1: always remember heading to Freycinet National Park in Tasmania, beautiful part of the world. Um, love rolling around there, but another great part of visiting such a different part of the country to where you are is you see some different street names. And I saw
2: Okine Road down Road. in Tassie. Okines Link, I saw that too. I couldn't believe it. Pretty amazing, hey? Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, there's a a Matt Okines in Melbourne as well. Runs one of the pubs that does some uh, (laughs) gigs on the side at the comedy festival. I can't believe... I was like, I've never heard of anything like this. So uh, I've actually seen a couple of street names as well, which, while not necessarily going down the same road as Okines Link, pun intended, uh, may offend people just as much. (laughs) So I'll go into that a little bit later
1: on. (laughs) It's very funny stuff. You'll be hearing that in a moment. Also today, we're going to be getting a little bit of advice from our resident young cool person. 16-year-old Sarah from Brisbane is going to help us
2: old yuppies out with what is hitting and what's missing. We can't wait to dive in just like... A cold dip in wine glass bay. This is Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Let's do it. This is just the start.
0: Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex all day breakfast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're starting this break by laughing. Is that what you're doing?
2: <laughs> I'm only thinking about the way that I came up with the idea for this break, though, because I was driving from Port Macquarie back to Brisbane. That's, where a, that's I live. a big old trip. Uh, it is. It's a bit longer than the trip from Sydney, so it's about five and a half hours. Damn. And uh, you know, Sophia was was um, sleeping in the back. And often, when you come up with ideas for <laughs> for segments, is he, are you taking us inside the podcasters' studio? <laughs> I'm giving you a little bit of a peek behind the 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 curtains. Right. Normally, I've got a little. Uh, notepad on my phone and there's one for all day breakfast and, you know, I'll put down little ideas under stuff like news or what's hitting or, you know, darkest days or talk back. Yep. Um, but I was driving and obviously can't touch your, can't touch the phone while you're driving. Absolutely not. And so, uh, uh, Sophia was sleeping in the back and I leaned over to Belinda my partner, who was uh, listening to an audio book on the side, and I just tapped her on the shoulder. Like, you know, not, you weren't,
1: didn't have it on in the car. It was just in her own headphones.
2: No, she was just listening to it because Sophia was sleeping. So we didn't want to wake her up with yep. anything being on the radio. And so I just. Were tapped you listening to anything yourself? No, no. I was just driving and thinking. You know? <laughs> driving and thinking like a <laughs> lunatic, <laughs> like an absolute <laughs> psychopath, just absolute raw dogging a long, long trip drive. <laughs> <laughs> a long car drive by myself yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I just tap Belinda and I was like, She hey. takes the earphone out. Yeah. She takes the earphone out. I'm like, hey, hey, can you please send me a text that just says Cockburn Lane? <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, just text me Cockburn Lane. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right. <laughs> And so she texts it to me and then puts her headphone back in. And then as I'm driving (laughs) along further and further, I tap her again. I'm like, oh, oh, Belle, Belle. And she takes her headphone out and she's like, what? And I'm like, can you please text me bald knob?
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Why were these things coming up? Are these places you're driving past on your road trip? Yes.
2: So suddenly... You know, on the drive from Port Macquarie to Brisbane, I see a big thing that, like a road sign that says Cockburn Lane this way. And I was like, ha (laughs) ha.
1: I used to think I read out Cockburn on Triple J one time, which was a suburb in WA, but I'm pretty sure that they pronounce it over there, Coburn.
2: Oh, I'm sure they that's how they pronounce it. <laughs> Soft C-K. <laughs> but there was another one that was like Bald Knob Road, right? And so I was like, this is all just too much for bald me. Bald so,
1: Knob.
2: <laughs> so Bald Knob. So, so I thought, <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. It's time. We all know each other well enough. Let's go down that... Dirty, dusty road that is Australia's filthiest street science. Yes, what are the
1: roads, streets, <laughs> lanes, avenues, Crescents that make you laugh when you go past them? <laughs> Bernard says Gooch Court. Very good start, Bernard.
2: The question is, where is Gooch Court between <laughs> just... Anus Avenue and... <laughs> Groat Street. Um, Ellen says, I live in Cum Place. That's cum with a K-U-M-M, place. You don't want to go there in peak hour. A lot of people trying to get out at once. Just all the cars just emerging. Yeah, you never want to be the first one there either. Uh, Julie
1: uh, said, Ernst Wank Road in Narre Warren in Victoria.
2: Uh, wank with an E, of course. So I mean, there's course. a little bit of classy wank. Yeah, exactly. Amanda said there's a town called Tittybong in Victoria. Sure is. Sophia, Dick Ward Drive. (laughs) Thank you, Dick Ward. Adrian says, Iron Knob Street, where the Canberra Outlet Centre is, as in COC. So (laughs) Iron Knob, the cock is on Iron Knob Street.
1: Oh, so they knew what they were doing there. Uh, <laughs> Troy has gone past the road to Bald Knob as well. Josh says Pinger Street in Port Hedland.
2: Oh, it's getting to the peak of Pinger Street, right at the top of the hill there. <laughs> Cara
1: is taking a trip to Minge Courts.
2: <laughs> i tell you what, I wonder whether the grass is mowed or not. And Alan cannot
1: beat Fanny Bay Racecourse or Dickwood Drive in Darwin. There we go. <laughs> Where the dick...
2: Meets the fanny. <laughs> Lots of oh, very cute little streets, little baby streets there. Just coming off the side of that one, yeah. Um, go down that one. Nine months later. Uh, it's all happening. Hey, thank you very much. I don't want to get too rude. I didn't know. What to say. I didn't know how to say it. Everyone knows how babies yeah. are born, though. Made, yeah, etc. <laughs> so thank you very much for giving us your favorite rude street names. <laughs> <laughs> this is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast.
1: Now, Matt Okine, if you and I and our producer Bronze started like a, a legal firm or an advisory firm, we would be Okine, Dyson, Doizak. You know, they often take your last names and, and chuck them together to make, make the name.
2: Yeah, you know, the ODD. Yeah, you know me. Odd. Yeah. I don't know if we want to OD We could in this call room. ourselves. We call ourselves the Odd Mob. <laughs> Okine, Dyson, Doizak, the Odd Mob. Do you reckon anyone would trust us with their taxes? Well, we've. There could be a gap in the market when it comes to
1: trustworthy taxes because you may have seen another three initial crew: Price Waterhouse Coopers, which does sound more legally. I'm not sure if it's just because it is, but it sounds more le- legal than Dyson, Okine, Doizak. Um, They're in a bit of hot water. Now, Matt and I, not big on the tax. I did creative arts at uni. Matt did a Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting. And so we thought that we would get someone who's a bit of a news hound to uh, join us. It's the one. It's the only.
0: From the briefing, Mr. Tom Tilly. Hey, guys. If you run um, fine arts together, it can sound like finance sometimes, by the way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, with your finance arts reports.
0: Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> I, I studied finance back in the day and, and you know, you'd be at some cool pub in the inner west of Sydney or something. It's like, oh, what, do you, what do you study? Oh, I did a bit of finance. And they're like, fine arts? You're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Got to Nothing cool that like that. I mean, yes, yes, fine arts.
2: You are pretty um, equipped with the knowledge in sort of dissecting the story that's just popped up about PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers. Now, we're talking about... Is it, this is Australia's biggest accountancy firm?
0: It's one of the big four. So, um, yeah, if you do study finance, this is where you want to get a job. One of these places, you've got Ernst & Young, Deloitte, KPMG, and PwC. So they're the big four, and altogether, they get $800 million worth of federal government consulting business every year.
1: That's it. So whenever what? the government makes a decision or wants to do a feasibility mm. study or wants to audit something, they'll get one of these big four people in and say, yep. hey, can you check whether it's worth investing
0: in this kind of stuff? Exactly. And they pay them a pretty penny for their work. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. These these um, guys and girls in suits don't come cheap. <laughs> um, they have pretty exorbitant fees and they they've made tons of money. Okay, so
2: let's talk about what what this scandal was, because I just saw the headline, and I saw there was a mm. bit of a scandal, and I thought, what? Top-tier corporation in Australia? Surely not, right? But this has... What, uh, there's big be- business doing something dodgy? <laughs> I Say it ain't so. <laughs> so, um, break down what exactly has happened. What were PwC uh, employed to do, and where did it all go Um a haywire.
0: Okay, so back in 2015, a senior tax consultant at PwC uh, had confidential government information um, because he'd been working for them, helping them develop their tax policy, which was aimed to make multinational corporations pay a fairer share of tax here in Australia. So he did that work. Uh, they worked on some ways to tighten up some of those tax loopholes. Once he'd done that, he then emailed dozens of his senior fellow senior partners at PwC and said, hey, I've got this great information that I've got from working with the Australian government. We can use this to try and win over our corporate clients who are trying to avoid paying tax here in Australia. (laughs) Okay, now are we
1: in the zone at the moment of saying allegedly here, Tom Tilly, or has this come out and it's it's happened?
0: Well, this has come out in a parliamentary inquiry and uh, this particular senior advisor was deregistered as a tax agent last Mm. year um there are um still you know lots of um investigations going on um they've lodged their own which has come under sort of critique as sort of being just crisis management but the afp the australian federal police are also investigating to see if there um was any criminal activity here so more will come out but a lot of this is actually just hard fact Do
2: you know my favorite thing about this is it reminds me of a joke by John Crookshank, where he talks about a friend of his who uh, works for the council cleaning graffiti and at night goes out and does graffiti. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very much in the same book. It's a bit
0: like that, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, it, like, so... Uh, really though, this guy loses his what? I, I sorry, lo- he loses his license for two years or something. This seems like a pretty minor slap on the wrist. Like, is there is there anything that's going to how how are PwC actually going to get affected by this unraveling?
0: Well, they'll be significantly affected if the government stops giving them business. So potentially, mm. uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of future contracts will be at stake here. Um, so the chief executive has stood down. More than 10 other senior um, employees there have been stood down temporarily pending their in- internal investigation. So yeah, those consequences aren't, aren't so harsh, but the lost business could be massive and it could last for a long time because it's been such a massive breach of trust. Mm. And that's the key issue here. So it's only been proven so far that they, they want an extra $2.5 million from this information, which is not a huge amount when they make $2.5 billion a year but it's the breach of trust with governments here in Australia and potentially around the world.
1: Yeah, well, you don't want your insiders getting an advantage just because they uh, had that inside lane, Tom. So thank you very much for explaining the situation. And it does remind me that's probably why Matt and uh, my cover of Kiss from A Rose and Sandstorm can't make the uh, Hottest 100. How did the client liaison boys react when you told them that they're disqualified from the Hottest 100 like versions of all time because they got you a, uh, a Triple J presenter on the base for that?
0: Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that was the case. Wait, surely there was, that surely there was a car out.
1: No, I was joking. But oh, thank God. I was joking, but a bit of a double standard. If it isn't true, isn't it, Thomas?
0: Well, as we all know, I was mostly um, hired for my on stage antics, not so much mm. my performance in the studio. So I don't know if that had much to do with it
1: well it was a ripper right. cover so hopefully it makes it into the hundred Tom you are on the base for uh, Party originally by Christine Arnoux but client liaison giving it the, uh, the little bit of special sauce as well uh, thank you so much for joining us mate yeah great to talk to you we can catch you on the Greek, on the briefing I almost said the griefing the griefing um, that's a good idea for a podcast <laughs> that could be good just all the sad news in one place <laughs> uh, but we appreciate you hanging out with us once again man and we'll talk to you again soon
0: alright bye
3: I'm calling it... That's
0: cool. Drippy. What about like...
3: That's pretty cool. What's hitting? A little thing called...
0: What's hitting? With uh,
1: Sarah. That's right. It's time for our young saviour, Sarah, to uh, jump on the phone and tell us what's hitting and what is missing. Uh, Sarah joining us from Brizzy right now. G'day, Sarah. Hello. You're 16 now, Sarah. Year 11. Um, when I was in year 11, we at uh, Warrnambool College had the Deb happening. Have you been to a Deb before?
3: Uh, no, I
2: don't think so. <laughs> what mate? That? What, mate? What? <laughs> uh, A I, debutante I mean, ball. We, we where... used to call ours was the semi-formal when I was, you know, Brisbane State High back in year 11. Oh.
3: No. I, I think we can call them
2: semi formal here. Yeah. So have you got one? Have you got one coming up?
3: Um, Me, personally, well, I think my school does have one running but I don't. I've never really been that keen to go to them. Like I had one last year, and I was just like, Nah, I'm alright. And I just stayed home and watched movies with my mom. It's <laughs> like so I was just like, I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a ticket, and then a hundred dollars on a date ticket, and then like a hundred dollars mm. on a dress. And then very I was like, Nah, no, okay.
1: Yeah, I remember having Maybe to go down like- a pit stop menswear to hire the deb suit. We, all the dudes <laughs> had the same suit. You had to just, I was like, Yeah, eighty five bucks. What about dancers
2: though? Because I remember yeah, we how, like, had to do
1: dancers. Like in, we did like, like six dances or something.
2: It was like, Oh, you know, you're gonna go to the terrace dance. You're gonna go to the. No, so I mean Margaret's we did choreographed dance. dances
1: at the deb, we, like oh, you before had the deb. You and your partner, like, and all the partners who were doing it had to go there and practice this like whole dance. And then on the night, you're in your suit and there, and they're in their, like white dresses. What did, what did you go and to, you got to Bridgeton do this, like... State
2: High or something? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I think it's a real
1: country thing, the deb oh, ball. Oh my
2: lord! Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, Sarah, you're here to help not only us but our listeners uh, keep their finger on the pulse. Are you cool to uh, answer a few questions? Yeah, of
3: course.
2: Can I ask actually one that, that is uh, relevant to this next question? I'm going to back up, uh, jump on top of it. So Dean says, what's the cool sock height these days? Is it shin high, below the ankle? I have no idea. Okay, so that that I'm, I'm assuming Dean is talking possibly about school socks, but I'd like to double up on what sort of mods, what sort of modifications are the kids doing to their uniforms these days? Um,
3: well, again, my doesn't have a uniform Mm. so I just wear whatever I want and even when I went to a public school like Andrew Pilly State High it was free dress as well so I couldn't actually give you like a proper insight to like what people are doing to their uniforms now Mm -hmm. but I can answer the the sock question look honestly there is nothing cool about how high you wear your socks it's just wear your socks how you want to wear them Mm. and I, I like having like I, I like wearing colourful and fun socks and like mismatching socks. So I usually have them like shin high, like middle of the shin or like if I'm feeling adventurous, I'll, I have like these knee high duck ones. <laughs> knee high duck socks usually, are in. Yeah, yeah, you usually wouldn't catch me outside like in a school day wearing them. But like I'll wear them to the gym or something, but like, honestly, wear your socks how you want to wear your socks. Like, there's nothing not cool about socks. I think me, not I not remember
1: cool. when ankle socks arrived in the world. Like, I, that was that was a bit of a game changer back in the day. Um, are ankle socks cool still?
3: Yeah. Well, any, any socks is cool. What's not cool is not wearing socks with your shoes. That is messed <laughs> up. And I will actually, like, I would never forgive. And, like, <laughs> do you guys remember when I explained to you guys what an ick is? That yes. Is what oh, yeah. If you meet someone and they take off their shoes around you for the first time and they're not wearing socks, that is messed up and you need to run. That's like a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't go near them. That's the only thing you need to worry about, guys. Don't worry about how high your socks are. Just, are you wearing socks? No,
1: hang on. I need to bring Bron into this because, Sarah, Bron just pointed to me and mouthed, that's you right now, to me. Which what? is not true, Sarah. It is
2: true. No, are I look are, at my shoes.
1: You, I took off my shoes and socks, so I currently have bare feet. When I leave, I'm going to put my socks on, then my shoes on, and leave. I I'm not know, putting Di, so my you, bare bare feet into shoe.
2: You strike me as a barefoot in shoe kind of guy.
1: I tell you, what, I mean, in primary school, in Year Six, yeah, I remember I doing that. it a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, it makes your (laughs) shoes stink Like, honestly, no So I would never do that Um, anymore
2: What about, Sarah, Daz has gotten in touch with us And said, um, are Oakley's Sunnies not cool anymore? I got slammed for wearing so-called Speed Dealers
3: Oh (laughs) Um, Look, I don't think they're not cool Like, my boyfriend wears them sometimes So I like them (laughs)
2: But. I Are
1: mean, you saying there's you a bit like, of a
2: conflict of interest here? Yeah, so. You like them or you like him? And that's. <laughs> that I like both. <laughs> and he's sitting
3: next to me, so don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's laughing, so he's being a good sport, but stop. Yeah, yeah hey. <laughs> I mean, It's
1: funny because okay. Oakley's were the cause. I think I, I even saw a TikTok pop up about this recently about like the marketing of Oakley Sunnies. Where did it go from like the absolute coolest thing to like, yeah, being this speed dealer, in commas, thing, which I think is, regarding the wraparounds, but mainly sort of servo sort of sunnies like that.
3: Yeah, well, um, I think it just became, like, a part of, I don't know, like, Australian culture, I guess. Mm. Like, you could catch, like, a variety of different people wearing them, but I think that was one that was mostly seen was, like, quite a couple Essays were wearing them or something. Uh, And so then it became Mm. like a part of the stereotype of Essays, And so people were like, yeah, yuck. That's weird, rah, 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 whatever. Culture is funny. If you wear them right, then like they look good. Mm. So it's fine.
2: I hear you. And I'm not
3: being being biased, I promise.
2: (laughs) Sure, Sarah, sure. (laughs) No, you you keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate that. And um, thank you very much. For chatting to us, as always, we love we love mm. hearing from. We love hearing what you're up to. We love you giving us a bit of guiding light in the uh, in the complicated world of today's culture. So thank you very much, Sarah. We really appreciate it, and we hope you and um, your speed dealer wearing boyfriend uh, <laughs> <No>. enjoy. His name is Jack. <laughs> and Jack. Enjoy the Arvo together. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Jack. (laughs) Bye-bye. And thank you for listening to
1: All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate you hanging out with us once again. Good news is we've got a sweet little episode for you tomorrow as well.
2: Yeah, back here same time, same place. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye.
3: That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our
0: DMs at matt.and.alex.